Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on the Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes, and I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. This is your host, Amy Williams. If you don't know, now you know. I'm a big dork. Okay, so, uh, and I also like to do little tidbits of singing, which is really just not really singing, but hey, here we are. All right, so today's episode is just me. I have uh, so many guests lined up, and I I am so honored and so thankful that um, everything is lining up, and there's so many people that were, you know, they're excited to come on, and I'm excited for it. But I really needed to get this message out, and uh, I've been buzzing over it for the last couple weeks. So I've been really loving the idea of mountain movers, hashtag mountain movers. And I keep going back to it and keep thinking about it, and, and it's it keeps hitting me in the face. Like, I'm not intentionally thinking about mountains, but it's hitting me in the face. Everywhere I look, every song, everything, it's like... So it's just more or less confirmation that I need to do this episode and I need to do it now because somebody needs to hear it. I don't know who you are and I hope that you message me after you listen and say that was for me so that I can get that clarification. That would be great. I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I know this from experience, that God gave you this mountain to show and prove others that it can be moved. And... And I, and I want to say that, you know, sometimes you can, you can face a mountain that is so big and it looks so intimidating that you think there is no way. And you need that encouragement to say it's possible one step at a time, one moment at a time, one shovel, one pickaxe, one, pick one step, whatever you want to call it, it's possible. And I, you know, we can all go back to the Bible verses of, you know, faith as small as a mustard seed. And, you know, I love that. And I, I think for me, I've always thought like, well, God can move the mountain. If he wanted the mountain moved, he'd move it. And more recently, it's becoming more clear to me that like, yeah, I have faith that God can move that mountain, but that doesn't mean that I don't put in the work to do it. And he's not just going to move the mountain for me without any effort of my own. So if you are, you know, maybe it's a financial mountain. Maybe it's, I'm so tired and frustrated with being broke. I'm just expecting God to land this opportunity in my lap. No, you need to wake up and go after it and figure it out. Whether it's, you know, changing some of your bills or changing something of your spending, whatever it is. If it's like, you know what, God's really putting something on my heart to help other women, then you need to start a podcast. Hi, Amy Williams. Then that's what you need to do. Oh, I'm, you guys, I'm fired up. I'm passionate right now. I'm so excited about this. So um, I have been reading a book. I'm almost done with it. And it's taken me forever because I, I put the book down and I pick it back up and I put it down and pick it back up. But 
It's an amazing book and I highly recommend it. It's called The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. It was recommended to us, actually to my husband, (laughs) by our pastor, Pastor Julian, who was on the four-part series. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Um, Anyway, he recommended it to my husband a while ago and he started reading it and put it down. It's just been sitting on the nightstand by the bed. And so about three or four months ago, I decided, oh, well, maybe I'll read it then. (laughs) So I started reading it and it's not that big of a book to take three months, but you know, life. Anyway, for the last three months-ish, I have consistently woken up between 5 and 5.30 and there's a few days where, you know, if I stay out late or something happens that, you know, I might sleep until six, but here's what's happening. And I just want to talk about it because it's, it's been an incredible change for me and in my life personally, in my walk spiritually and in my marriage. So there was a time where I would be very resentful towards my husband because we would always have that argument of, well, you know, because I'm a stay at home mom, I don't get a break and you get a break and you get to go to work and you get to do that. And it's like, well, work's not a break. It's work. You know, I'm like, yeah, but you still get 20 minutes in the car to yourself both ways or, you know, whatever it is. And so we had, we go around in circles with that argument and, you know, things would get on, you know, housework, things would get on top of me. And I would just like, I just don't have enough time in the day. And I'm here to tell you, you guys, everybody has the same flipping 24 hours that everybody else has. Time is not like, oh, you have more of it than I do. No, we all have the same amount of time in a day. How are you using it? I have gotten, oh, you guys, oh, I'm I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm pumped. So I have made some major shifts in my thinking and in my thought process and everything that I'm doing by waking up early because now I have that moment, that hour to two hours, depending on what time the kids wake up, uh, where I have it to myself. I can get a couple loads of laundry done because they don't wake up to that noise. I can have my coffee. I can listen to a sermon. I can read my book. I can work out. I can do this. I can do that. And I'm like, oh my word, I can do my hair. I can do my makeup. I can do all this stuff and be ready before 7 a.m., which is normally when I would wake up and then quick go wake up the kids and get them ready for school. And I'd have no time. There is such a freeing feeling that's happening that I'm realizing I've had this time all along. Now I'm able to get motivated, get my day started, write my goals out, do all the things I need to do before everyone else is even up. And I'm like, okay, now I got the rest of the day. Now I can go to the grocery store because I'm ready. I can go do this. I can go do that. I can go meet with friends. And it's, you know, 9 a.m. I'm, I'm ready to go. If you, if you are somebody that's like, I don't have enough time in the day. I don't know how to get it all done. Go to bed earlier and wake your butt up. Because seriously, this is the best advice anybody could ever give. All right. Um, in, in the book, he talks about so many good things. And it's not necessarily a Christian book. So if you're looking for a Christian book, this isn't it. And some of the stuff he does talk about, like magic, and that's just not, that's not my jam. But um, he's talking about uh, follow your joy. And going back and forth between moving mountains and then reading this with following your joy. And oh, you guys. I just, it's all clicking. It's all becoming clear to me what God's trying to do in my life and what the next path is for me with the podcast, with parenting, with my marriage, all of it. Um, so 
he says there's this little diagram. It's a circle. It's your personal GPS. So you have people fuel um, is number one. Number two is your pursuit fuel. And number three is your place fuel. So he, he says only be around those people who fuel your joy. Only perform those pursuits that feed your bliss. Only in, in places that, that make you feel most alive. And, um, and then he also says your heart is also wiser, always wiser than your head. When you're when you're in alignment with God, you feel it, you know it, you get confirmation, and you have peace about it. So for me, this this whole concept of talking about moving mountains, and it's literally been smacked in my face. So I'm getting that confirmation from God between sermons and songs and verses or the Bible study or this or that, and it just like slaps me in the face over and over. And you know, it's that confirmation is not uh, Facebook ads. No, that's. That's algorithms of Facebook world that's invasion of privacy because they know what you're searching. So if you're saying, oh, you know, God's telling me that I need to do this because I keep seeing it in Facebook, that is not what I'm talking about because they know what you're searching. Um, and that's why, that's why I love pen and paper. I love actually writing stuff out, writing my goals, writing my visions, writing, you know, prayers or, you know, whatever it is, the glory of pen and paper, y'all. I'm a like super creative brain. I love arts and crafts. So my, my journal, my notebook, it's, it's not just black and white and boring. It is like doodled colors, all, all the things, all the things. Um, and, and having that moment of, of silence in the morning and also, like what you write down, you can hide from Google. You can hide from Facebook. They don't know what you're prepping and planning in private, right? Because it's written down. It's not typed out. Two totally different things. Um, so I hope you bear with me because it's going to hop around a little bit, but it'll all tie in together. I promise. Just, just hang on. So in Genesis 4, the, the, the story with Cain and Abel, and it, 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 it says, what's done in darkness will come to light. And then in Luke 8... Verse 17, nothing is hidden that won't be exposed, nor is anything concealed that won't be made known and brought in the light. So growing up, I always thought that those verses were more about like, you know, if you're having an affair, that will come out. If you're a thief, that people will figure it out. If you, you know, all those sins are in darkness, they come to light. And, and in this last three months, I've had that revelation of it's not always the bad stuff that's in the darkness that's coming to light. And prepping and planning and getting ready and gearing up and, you know, doing your exercises or doing your diet or doing whatever you're doing and preparing and, and reaching for your goals can be done in the darkness and then be brought to light and then say, oh, I've lost 20 pounds or and then say, oh, look at this podcast I just made or oh, this or, the, or whatever it may be. So not everything you start needs to be in the light yet. And that speaks so much to your credibility because if you're that person that's constantly like, oh yeah, I'm starting a new diet, I'm on day two, or oh, I'm starting this, or oh, I'm doing this, and then you're always falling off. I'm guilty of it too. I'm not talking um, in a place where I'm better because I'm, I'm not. And I, I I have been so guilty of saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, this is what I'm doing, and just telling everybody everything. And there's times where you need to shut your mouth and you need to make the plan, take those steps and do everything until it's ready to be revealed. And, you know, if you're planning on writing that book or starting that business or, you know, whatever that is, so that 
it can be brought to light so that it can be lit up. You know, it, it also helps you with your credibility and your, you know, because you're not failing, quote unquote, um, in everybody else's eyes because you're starting and starting again or, oh, now she's doing this or now she's doing that. Get your game plan in the dark. Do it in the dark and in, in the silence and in, in the presence of God, not in that like dark, sinful aspect and just in that quiet moment, that 5 a.m. time and... God will use what you're doing in the dark to bring it to light. And you guys, it just it is like mind blowing to me and that the light bulbs are firing and there's like fireworks everywhere because it just it all all of a sudden goes, "Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. That does make sense." If you read the book, you'll you'll see that I I've, I've uh taken some little clips out of it but I'm not like doing direct quotes I kind of put my spin on it and my interpretation on it um so he says number one look in the mirror the relationship with you predicts your relationship with the world and it oh guys it just made so much sense and it's like ultimately you're the only person you'll be with your entire life Why not strengthen your relationship with your greatest self? Start a lifetime love affair with your most noble nature. And it's like, well, no kidding. You know, if you listen to the previous episodes, I talked about the power of your word and speaking over yourself. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I I need to have that really good relationship with myself. And, you know, I would never talk to my daughter about the way I talk to myself. And I need to do that to myself. Like, why haven't I been treating myself the way that I want others to treat me and the way that I I treat others. Like, why have I not been doing this myself? And um, Psalm Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. And it it doesn't say, be busy and I'll meet you where you're at. It says, be still. Be still. This verse was talked about at my Bible study last week and we talked about the power of being still and just knowing that I am God and it just I'm like okay well there's another confirmation because that's already in my notebook and it had nothing to do with Bible study you need to have time for yourself to just be have that solitude that stillness that that moment of reflection and the the self-awareness of what you're doing for yourself and how you're speaking to yourself. And, oh, so true. So true. Uh, Then he also says in the book, uh, to to collect experiences over material things. So this is something that we talked about over Christmas because our kids and their toys and the the overabundance of toys is just, it's disgusting in this house. And, I know I did the declutter process episode and um, y'all, it's time. I need to do it too. So, (laughs) but we talked about this over Christmas where, you know, next year we're not doing toys. We're going to go somewhere, whether it's, you know, Great Wolf Lodge for the weekend or something. We need to do something. I want memories made. I'm done buying toys. I'm over it. I would rather do more moments involved in in being with them and spending quality time with them over another stinking toy all right so there are there's my true feelings on that one but what what he talks about is 
is when you're a child, you have that um, the joy in a snowflake and catching it on your tongue or watching all the different shapes land on your um, on your snow pants or jumping in muddy puddles or digging in the dirt and just like the leaf piles and you have that innocence of you know exploring the world and your pursuit is exploring life as a child and then when life hits you you know it's it's changed to pursue things as the you know the it made you value money over time or objects and things over relationships and you have to get this and this and this and you need this house and this car and you know because the world has has gotten to you and that comparison is oh it's a killjoy uh so he says to become a collector of awesome experiences instead of a consumer of material things and um one of the one of the other things he said was um remember your past is not a companion to spend much time with in your present or a friend to carry into your future it's impossible to enjoy what's to come if parts of you are holding on to old disappointments resentments regrets and hurts um, that's not a direct quote, but it is pretty, pretty close. So we get to, we take all of that. We take that, you know, searching for the joy and searching for, uh, you know, that experience over things and the, all of it, take it all. And then you say, God, I've got this mountain in front of me and I need to move it. I need you to move it. I need, I need help in moving this mountain. Whether it's, you know, a, a bad relationship and it's hard to walk out of and it's because you've spent so many years in that relationship and you feel like you've wasted that time. Are you going to keep wasting time or are you going to be ready to take that mountain, move it and get what's on the other side? Because I promise you what's on the other side, God has big plans and better plans for that crappy relationship. Or whether it's a book or a business, whatever it is, right? He's, it's what's on the other side of that. Is it worth moving that mountain? So if you've got this mountain in front of you and you're going, how am I going to move it? You need, you need to figure that out. You need to get that moment of solitude, get that morning of, you know, saying, God, I need you. I need you to direct me and direct my steps and my path. And you guys, I'm telling you, it's so worth it. Sometimes we're given a mountain just to prove that it can be moved. And God wants to use you to motivate, inspire, encourage others that they can too move that mountain. He needs you. He's asking you to move that mountain. He's asking you to spread your light, show your light to the world, and that you can do this. He would never give you something that you can't handle. I know for me, when I've gone through a hard time and I remember going, God, why? Why me? Why this? I'm not strong enough. I can't handle this. I can't do that. I can't do this again. I'm not, I'm not, I can't. And y'all, here I am on the other side. I've got mountains in front of me that are different than what your mountains are and no mountain is the same. And sometimes you got to climb the mountain more than once. <laughs> so what are you doing to move that mountain? 
Are you going to climb it? Are you going to dig it <laughs> and make a tunnel and get through it? That's up to you. That And that's something that you need to figure out with, with the guy upstairs. There was something else that was in the book that kind of sat with me a little bit. But it, he said, you know, if something doesn't come, then that means something better is on its way. And I love that because there's so many times where we could sit here and go, you know, but I was supposed to have that relationship. We were supposed to get married. We were supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. And and now you're heartbroken because you don't have that. But it's because God's got someone better for you. I I had a really crappy relationship prior to meeting my husband. Uh, I was cheated on. I was it was it was a ba- bad, bad relationship. And um and I don't say just cheated on one time. No, it was bad. Um I remember after finally breaking up and like feeling like, okay, I'm done. And in a moment, you know, it was like, but this, this was supposed to be that one. We were supposed to get married. We were like, this, this was, I thought this was your plan. And I remember just being so confused. And now, obviously a long time later, I can look back and go, oh, oh yeah. It's because he had somebody way better in mind for me. And man, am I thankful for that because, whew, that would have been a train wreck, to say the least. So I'm I'm not I'm not a uh, you know I'm better than you type of person because I've been there, been there, been through it, I've been through the ringer, I've been through all the crap, and that's why I think it's so important to to use my life for helping others and for helping you guys get through whatever junk is is in there you know whatever you're going through you're not alone and I stand by that you're not alone I just want to scream from the top of the mountain and cheer you on and say let's do this together I'm here for you and I can help you get that good support system you know whatever it is um, because God's got a plan for this and for you and hang on tight because it's going to be a roller coaster but if you don't put in the work if you don't sit down and, and give yourself that those moments of silence and, and reflection and self-awareness, you're not going to be able to get very far. So I highly encourage you, try something new. Get the book if you want the book. It's amazing, promise. If this was something that really hit home for you, please share it and hashtag Mountain Mover because this, this is a good one and I want a lot of people to hear this one. Uh, so hashtag mountain mover thank you so much for listening to the amy williams show i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did if that is a a yes please let me know find the amy williams show on facebook instagram or twitter or all three of them it's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community it's full of support motivation and encouragement for whatever you might be going through You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to The Amy Williams Show is by subscribing, either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user, or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user, like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. 
All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.